Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And we are ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live. I will be your host for the next hour. I am Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley up here in Weld County in northern Colorado. So blessed to be with you for the next hour as we take your questions. As you just heard the numbers, 303-690-3000. I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Maybe you got questions uh, that your Bible reading has brought up. Uh, maybe you got questions about Christian living or how do we as Christians respond uh, to certain things that we see around us. How do we have a good, strong, biblical worldview? And it's important for us to have that. So I'm here to help you in any way that I can, to encourage you, uh, to point you to the Word of God, uh, to give you clarity and understanding. So 303-690-3000. We're in the middle of summer, and sometimes I can be a little bit slow here uh, with people traveling and being gone. So maybe you've been wanting to be on the air for a while and ask a question. This is a, g- a good time for you to grab one of those open lines and let's have a discussion about the things of the Lord, the things that matter to you. Uh, let's uh, bless one another by going to the truth of God's Word and uh, and taking your prayer requests as well. I'm sure that there are you who are listening on Grace FM or whether you're listening on Truth and Hope FM on the East Coast that you have prayer requests, and we're here to pray with you and for you. Uh, this program uh, is not just about academics or answering questions. It is um, about answering your questions, but it's about ministering to you. And, and one of the things I wanted to share with you as we get ready for uh, the show is in my devotion in Mark chapter 5, uh, when we were um, I was reading this and um, the uh, story of many of you are familiar with, with the demoniac over in the Gadarenes that Jesus ministered to and delivered. And Jesus said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And I really like that because it reminds me of what we read about in the, in the book of the uh, Lamentations in chapter 3, uh, that here is Jeremiah writing that book in, in the midst of anguish and difficulty, but he gives words of hope, and he says, Though the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not, and they are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait on him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should uh, hope and wait quietly, for the salvation of the Lord, for it is good for a man uh, to bear the yoke of his youth. And for the Lord will not cast off forever those he causes grief, yet he will show compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. It's one of the things that I pray that I can point you to the compassion of our Lord, to the goodness of our Lord, certainly the truth of our Lord on today's show, just to be a blessing and encouragement to you. Maybe you need that um, uplifting uh, word given to you 
And uh, so I'd love to pray with you, love to be able to uh, just bless you in any way that we can. So grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air. There is another means for you to be able to uh, ask questions or to uh, give a prayer request, and that's through a text line, and that number is 720-336-0897. And again, we want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners in Colorado and Wyoming, and you on the East Coast listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, you are a week delayed, but give us a call at that number, uh, 303-690-3000, and we'll talk about the things of the Lord. Well, let's go to Luke in Lakewood as we begin our program today. Luke? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Just getting off work. Okay. Hope you had a great day. Yeah, it's getting a lot better now that we got some clouds coming over. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I had a question. I'm I'm 35, and I feel like I'm about to go through some pretty big changes. I've been in recovery for a while. I've been sober about two and a half years, and um, oh, praise God. I feel like uh, there's a new chapter in my life about to start with some big decisions that I need to make, and uh, I've heard a few things about fasting, and I don't know anything about fasting. And, um, I, I've just heard sometimes it helps as far as, uh, when you want to really hear God's voice. And I don't know, Right. I don't know if there's any advice you could give me as far as all that sure. goes. Sure. Jesus, matter of fact, he said, when you fast, you know, um, he was, uh, given that sermon on the Mount. Uh, it was the religious leaders. What they were doing is they were fasting, um, trying to, impress the people they would go to the marketplaces and they would you know look all gaunt and um sickly and people would say look at the the pharisees they're fasting and they fasted twice a week so first of all when it comes to fasting it's a it's a uh, important for us to remember to have the right motivation for fasting uh it isn't that we're bragging about fasting and i'm going to look all gaunt and everything to look spiritual and i get None of that from you. So, um, but fasting does have spiritual benefit and blessing. Jesus says, when you fast, and the reason I brought that up is I think that it's good that there's times where uh, Christians and even churches uh, corporately will have that time of fasting. I know here at Calvary Chapel, usually at least once a year, we will have a week of, of prayer and fasting. And there's different ways that you can do that. Fasting, a simple definition it's just denying the physical so you, you can focus on the spiritual so fasting okay. might be abstaining from food for a day um there are some people because of dietary uh you know um issues and stuff they they can't really do that um but you might fast for a meal you might fast uh from your favorite you know um fast food you know uh taco bell or um, Snickers bars or Dairy Queen. There, there's different ways that you can do that, Luke. Um, and there might be, what I like to add, is there might be fasting from certain things in your life that just come in and become a distraction, that fasting from social media, um, you know, just getting off of the social media stuff that we can spend so much time. But Luke, when you started saying that you got a new chapter in your life, you know, you're sensing from God. He he wants to do a new work. 
I think this is a good time for you to take some time and just spend it in prayer and fasting as the Lord leads you. Because again, fasting is just uh, denying the physical so you can focus on the spiritual. And instead of having a meal or, you know, being on social media or whatever, uh, Lord, I'm going to be in that quiet place. I'm going to be in that place where I'm just seeking you and I don't have the distractions and um, I'm not going to be focused on the physical. I'm just going to be focused on the spiritual and hearing from you. And I think there's benefit from that. I, you know, uh, Isaiah 56 or 58, excuse me, talks about the benefit of fasting um, to undo the heavy burdens and um, to uh, let the oppressed go free. Um, and so there's benefit in that way. There's benefit of listening and hearing from the Lord, being sensitive to the leading of the Lord, because you're not focused on eating this and watching that and all the other things. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it sounds like you're saying when you um, you kind of try to quiet the things of the flesh a little bit um, more than usual, yeah. then you're enabling yeah. yourself to um, kind of walk according to the Spirit a little bit more. Right. Or, Okay. And I like to call it. I like to call it. You're doing business with the Lord, okay. and um, you're just really focused and doing business with the Lord, and just you know. But the the whole purpose is uh, again because I've talked to people that think I'm going to fast and uh, you know I'm going to be real spiritual. If you're going to fast, then make sure that it's a time where you can focus on the Lord. So I don't think it's always a good idea, like when you're working, and especially guys who are working outside working in the sun, working hard labor, uh, or even working whatever that, um, you know, you can do a fast and fast for lunch and spend that time at lunchtime. But, you know, you want to spend that time of fasting, you know, with the Lord. So maybe after work you skip a meal and you're not going to eat till the next day and you really spend the evening just fasting and praying. You might do that for a couple nights. You know, there's all kinds of ways to do it. There's no special formula in fasting, except you're denying the physical to focus on the spiritual, and you're doing business with the Lord. Cool. All right. Well, hey, I, uh, that really helps a lot. Uh, thank you for your time. Absolutely. Can I pray for you, Luke? Yes, please. Father, I pray for Luke. I thank you for his question, and I just pray that you would um, bless him as he spends some time just in prayer and fasting, uh, because he wants to do business. He wants to hear your voice, and, and Lord, that uh, he senses from you that there's new direction, there's a new chapter, new beginnings in his life, and it's so wonderful. Even as I read uh, from Ecclesiastes that your mercies are new every morning, and Lord, I pray that you would speak to Luke very clearly, that I thank you that you freed him from certain things that, um, you know, that had him in bondage, and Lord, that you continue to do that refreshing work in him Show him, guide him, be that voice behind him saying, this is the way, walk in it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Uh, thank you. Uh, remind me your name again. I'm Pastor Jeff. I pastor up here in Greeley, Calvary Chapel. Okay, Pastor Jeff, thank you again, and uh, yeah, you have a great look. night, okay? Yeah, keep in touch with us, okay? I will, thank you. All right. Okay, when somebody hangs up, there's an open line, so I'd love to hear from you. 303 690 
uh, to be on the air. Let me give you that text line again, 720-336-0897. Hey, I would put those two numbers in your contacts so you have it. And I want to remind you, too, if you haven't uh, downloaded on uh, your uh, your phones or your iPads, uh, computers, the Grace FM uh, app on your devices or uh, the website on your computer, do that. I know you'll be blessed, lots of good information. So um, then you can pull up those numbers if you want to be a part of the show uh, and uh, just punch your contacts and uh, text in a message at 720-336-0897 or give us a call. But we're going to continue on the phones with Salida in New Jersey. Salida? Yes, hi. Am I I saying that right? You're saying it perfect, yep. How are you today? Um, we're doing okay out here in New Jersey. How are you in Colorado? Right. It's warm out here. I guess it's warm everywhere, though, right? Yes. First, I want to thank <laughs> you for your show. I've learned a lot by listening to your program, and I couldn't oh, wait good. until today because I read something that kind of perplexed me in Second Samuel uh, yesterday. I wanted to read on the life of David, and so uh, I was reading towards the end, and I believe it's the last chapter of Second Samuel where it says about the census. Um, that what I read in that in, in Second Samuel said that God asked David to take a census of the people. Um, it said that David took the census, but then David felt bad that he took the census, and then God punished him for taking the census. And so I'm really confused as to why God would ask him to do something and then punish him for it later. Yeah, and I believe it's in when you read the uh, text there in. Uh, Chronicles, that it gives a little bit further information. It tells us um, that uh, that Satan tempted David. Mm-hmm. So here in Second Samuel chapter twenty-four is where you're at. Um, yes. That you you see that um, that anger uh, the Lord was aroused against Israel, and He moved David against them to say, "Go number Israel." And Judah, and mm-hmm. and God doesn't tempt us to sin. Uh, right. James makes James makes that very clear, right? So yes. he, he, here's what I gather was going on. Um, David, uh, his kingdom was very successful. Uh, mm-hmm. We know that uh, he defeated his enemies. He this doesn't tell us exactly when this has taken place, but this has probably taken place when. Uh, there's kind of peace in the land. Um, we we know all that. Um, so First um, Chronicles 21 tells us Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. That's where that text is. So the best explanation is that Satan prompted David, and um, and yet the Lord expressly allowed it as mm-hmm. a discipline against David because. Um, a lot of people don't understand why was the Lord so upset with David in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jo- Joab comes along and says, why are you doing this? Even Joab said, you know, don't do this. Even Joab realized that this isn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. And the reason that it wasn't is because the anger of the Lord roused against David is because David was full of pride. Mm-hmm. And what was happening is David wanted to count the people not so he could know how many people are in his kingdom. 
He wanted to know how many fighting men that he had. He wanted to know how strong his army was. And in a sense, David was putting his trust in his the strength of the fighting men in the army um, rather than putting his trust in the Lord. And mm-hmm. it is earlier in his life that David writes in the Psalms that some trust in horses and some in chariots. But I will remember the name of the Lord. And mm-hmm. David got away from that. It's not a sin per se to count the people because we see that in Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. We see it yeah. where? In the book of Numbers. Matter right. of fact, the book right. uh, Numbers, I think there's two sense, senses that were taken, one in the beginning of the Exodus, one at the end. But in David's case, what was happening is he was putting his trust in the strength of his army rather than the trust of the Lord. And I right. think that's a very, very good lesson for us. And and I even say this, Salida, to our church, that as it grows, I never, never want to put our trust in how many people are coming or how much money you know is in the budget or how many programs we have, uh, how popular we are, how popular the radio program is. You know, we can use those things for the glory of the Lord. But I right. always want us to be in a place where we're trusting the Lord alone. Okay. And that's something I've learned in ministry because what can happen is sometimes in success, when it comes to ministry, and David had success. I mean, he defeated his the kingdoms all around him. And that mm-hmm. can be a dangerous place where you begin to think, well, it's because of me. It's because of my great talents. It's because of all the people around me. Rather than mm-hmm. saying, Lord, it is you alone. Anything good that comes, any benefits, any blessing, it comes from you, Lord. And we're going to trust in you, and our strength is in you, and we're going to keep it there. And I think that's why the Lord's anger was aroused. Pride is such a terrible sin, Salida. We know that, right? Yeah. It it caused Lucifer to fall and become Satan. And there's just something in us that we like to be prideful. So hopefully that helps and gives some understanding in that. um, That, yeah. It kind of reminded, just when you just said that, it kind of reminded me of when when Moses... um, uh, you know, struck, struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock, and then, you know, he didn't enter the promised land because of it. it the punishment exactly. almost seems a little harsh, but I feel like the position that these men were called to be, um, the punishment was probably greater because of that. Yeah, you, and you may be on the right track, because James also says, what, don't all of you desire to be teachers because you're held at a stricter judgment. And yeah. You know, you brought up that text of of Moses striking the rock. And when I first read that, just as I read what you read in 2 Samuel 24, I thought, well, that's awfully harsh. David counted Mm -hmm. the people. What's the big deal about that? Well, he was putting his trust in him. And I think Moses, poor Moses, you know, he had to put up with the complaining and murmuring the people for 40 years. And, you know, they're asking for money or for water. And he takes the staff, he strikes the rock twice. I think if I was Moses, I would have gone into the crowd swinging that staff, you know, just fed up (laughs) with them. But it is something very important, and that is he misrepresented the Lord. The Lord's saying, Moses, I'm not angry with the people, and you misrepresented me, and you were to speak to the rock, and, and how easily that we can misrepresent the Lord 
And, uh, yeah. you know, Moses, a man who was up there on the mountain saying, Lord, forgive them their sin. If not, blot my name out of the book of life and how wow. we are to continue to love and not misrepresent the Lord. And that was happening in both cases. So very good point, Salida. Wow. Now, Pastor, would you mind praying for me? Because I am a person who does seek to learn uh, and know of the Lord. However, I do have some pride and I have a lot of trust issues when it comes to uh, letting go of my own ability and just trusting him in, in, in place of uh, my own strength. So you yeah, would, abs- would pray, I would appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And Father, I pray for my sister. I thank you from her call from New Jersey. Um, I thank you for her desire to know your word, to make application um, in her life. As we talk about David and Moses, and pride is something that can creep into her lives so easily. And I just pray for Salida. You help her to be humbled before you, to walk in the fear of the Lord, to know you more, to enjoy you, and to trust you. And Lord, I pray that for all of us that are listening to today's program. We always need a check in our hearts um, for pride because it can sneak in so easily. We become self-reliant. We begin to trust in our own abilities rather than trusting in you. You are our strength. And may we live our lives that, Lord, we're not going to trust in the horses and chariots of our lives, our own abilities, um, our own togetherness, but we're going to trust in you, the name of the Lord. And I pray for Salida that you bless her and fill her with your love. And uh, Lord, just continue to draw her to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Hey, thanks for calling. I appreciate it, Salida. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Give me a call. love to talk to you, but let's go to Janelle in Colorado Springs. Janelle? Hi. How are you today? Good. How are you? Well, I'm going through it. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I heard in your program today, just right before the question and answer program came on, um, you were talking, and, and I really believe that, that God used it as a word of knowledge for me, but you were talking about people going through trials um, of the enemy and how uh, God wanted us to stand strong, and, and you were praying for the people that were going through. And it brought to my mind, um, I've had now for almost a year, and it's really strange because most of my trials come and go pretty quick. I either figure out they're from God or they're from the enemy, and I trust in God, and they're gone. But this one is a really long, complicated thing, and I'll make it real brief in about 60 seconds or less. Um, A friend of mine quit talking to me because she said that I said some offensive things to her. And I basically ended up owning it and apologizing for it, even though I didn't have a recollection of it. But I thought, you know what, I I can afford to just let her feel like she's right because I don't always remember things and I'm not perfect and my memory's not always good. So then some more people accused me this last week of being disrespectful. And they're not people that I work with. They're people that I'm considered to be uh, a client, and they are office staff. 
And um, I searched my heart. There was one of them that I felt like, yes, I had been disrespectful to. The rest of them, I really couldn't pinpoint what was wrong. And so I'm coming to a pretty rapid conclusion that, yeah, some of this is probably my own rash speaking or quickness of, of not thinking. And some of it is coming from the enemy because I've had other things that came along where truth was resisted, even though I gave it in love and just different things. And so it seems like either the enemy is piggybacking off of what God is trying to teach me and adding his stuff to the pot, or maybe it's the other way around and it's all the enemy and God is trying to teach me and and use the lesson, and I don't want to waste the trial. Yeah, and... You know, I think you're you, you you don't know for sure. I think with this friend of yours, first of all, that you have a responsibility to go to them. You know, Jesus said, if you you know have a brother or sister that you have offended, go to them. Yeah. And um, and that's what you did. And then it's up to them whether they are going to forgive, whether they want to restore that relationship. You've done your part, and I would encourage you to continue to to pray about that restoration and want to keep the communication open. And then those at work, sometimes those at work, you know, if, if you're having to um, oversee people or something uh, when you need them to do something, sometimes they don't like it. I don't know all the circumstance, but Janelle, I would really just be in prayer of Lord. I want to, um, I want to be an example in what I say and I want to be uh, uplifting. Uh, if I give truth in love and they're offended by it, um, then they'll be offended by it. And the enemy can piggyback it and um, can begin to use it to come against you. But I think, you know, when it comes to relationship with others, and especially when we're involved with a lot of people, they just really have discernment and wisdom. Lord, when I speak, what I speak, how I speak. There's a lot in the Bible that talks about that. Yeah. And to and to um, even when you have to bring correction to those that that you know are working with you, um, that you can do it in love, uh, that you can do it with discernment, and um, I think you can do it in wisdom. So you know that's what I'm going to pray for you. Um, yes. But you know I, I think as, as long as you have the mindset of Lord, I want to restore. I want to be open in my heart. If I do need to go and apologize, um, then I want to be open to it. And that's what we're going to pray. We're getting ready to go to a break, Janelle. So um, I think that's a, a, you know, just keep sensitive to the Lord in that way. Um, Yes. Absolutely. And, and, um, you know, just uh, keep, you know, going to the people and loving them. And being open to them. And I think that the Lord uh, is going to use it to bless you. So, Father, I pray for Janelle. I thank you for her honesty. And um, in the trial that she's going through, that she would have a desire to do what you've asked her to do. And, Lord, that everything that we say um, that we want to do that is necessary to, to speak with grace, that is necessary to impart grace to the hearer. Um, and, Lord, give her wisdom and give her discernment 
And Lord, I pray that those who uh, perhaps um, have, um, you know, are upset or whatever with her, that you would use it to bring restoration and healing and restoring those relationships, um, that Janelle, in the honesty of her heart, would just uh, share those things with people. And and it takes a lot of humility for us to do that. So I pray that you do that as well. Just work on her behalf. Lord, show yourself strong in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Janelle, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. God bless you. We'll be right back. You bet. Hey, stay tuned to Calvary Live, and we got open lines, and we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you back to the second half of Calvary Live. I am Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley. I am here ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. As you just heard, the number to call, 303-690-3000. We have open lines, so I'd love to hear from you and take your call. There's a means for you to be able to text in a question, and that is 720-336-0897. You can text in a prayer request as well. And as we have time, uh, as we progress towards the end of the show, we'll we'll take some of those text questions and love to be able to do that. We have a, uh, we've had a very good first half of the show. Uh, the Lord has much more for us. Uh, I want to remind you while we got a little bit of time is that we do um, have our Wednesday night service. We're in the book of Isaiah. We're in the second part of Isaiah that starts in chapter 40. We're going to finish chapter 40, and it's an incredible uh, portion of Scripture moving through uh, that portion of Isaiah that speaks a lot about God's compassion and His grace and His mercy towards us. Uh, It's wonderful. So if you've never studied Isaiah, I know that you are going to be blessed if you come uh, we're going to worship. we got a place for all the kids. Youth groups that meet, 7 o'clock. Check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. Uh, again, for further information, for directions. If you live up here in northern Colorado, I'd love to meet you, serve your family. Then on Sunday mornings, we just started a new study in First John. And First John is a masterpiece. And John, an elderly man looking at a young church that is troubled, and there are t- Three things that he emphasizes. That is Jesus and knowing him, making sure we're established in truth of who he was and what he has done for us. And then second of all is obedience, uh, walking in that obedience. And then thirdly, about love. So John, the apostle of love. So I'd love to see you on Sunday mornings, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. Again, children's ministry and youth groups that meet at, uh, at the Sunday morning services and um, it's a wonderful study. We just got through the first four verses of chapter one. So uh, we're going to be blessed as we go through that book. Let's go to our phone lines. Let's go to Ryan and Greeley. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you today? Good. How are you, Ryan? I am doing pretty well. Um, I am calling today. I actually got into a little bit of a heated debate with my younger brother uh, last week. 
Those, and those, younger, space, those younger brothers, I tell you, they're something, aren't they? Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> and Go I ahead. don't think there's anything but a heated debate and conversation with the younger brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, in this conversation, he had mentioned to me and uh, was mentioning to me repeatedly how he believed in God, but did not necessarily believe in the Bible. And naturally, uh, I went into apologetic mode, and that uh, was cut off very, very quickly by him. Um, ultimately, over the course of a couple of days and different uh, conversations, he had mentioned that he didn't believe in Jesus, he didn't believe in the Bible, um, but he believed in God, so therefore he was Christian. Um, right. And in this heated debate, I felt like I kind of punched him in the mouth a little bit, telling him that he wasn't, because it just kind of flirted out of me. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering uh, if there was some advice you could give uh, to me and maybe even the listeners for better tact in a situation like that. Yeah, because, you know, the reason that you're a little bit um, that way with your younger brother, because you care for him, you know, and you love your younger brother. And it's hard to hear those words when they say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in the Bible. I believe in Jesus. And I think one of the better tactics that you can ask them, and maybe you went this route, is to say, why? You know, why don't you believe in Jesus? And why don't you believe the Bible? And let them talk to you. And once they start talking to you, you start to get a little bit of understanding really where they're at. And then you can gently bring them back to, you know, challenging them to really look into it. Because most of them, a lot of times they say, well, because I just don't. Or they'll make statements that really don't make a whole lot of sense and just kind of reasoning with them from the Scriptures. Um, one of the things, Ryan, as you know, you'll never really argue anybody into the kingdom. Uh, I've never <laughs> argued anybody into the kingdom. And what can happen is you can go to apologetics mode, but you don't go into attack mode. And And even though we don't see it as, as attack mode, um, they feel like they're being attacked. They feel like they're on the defensive. And what happens when you're on the defensive? A wall goes up. Um, you begin to withdraw. So you just want to do a lot of listening sometimes and saying, well, why don't you believe in Jesus? And uh, who do you think Jesus is? And um, you know, why don't you believe the Bible? And then you can give your testimony why you believe in Jesus and in the Bible, what you looked into, you know, and, and I think they'll listen and it will begin to minister to them. Um, but be sure to keep the dialogue, you know, your brothers, and he's, he's probably used to that. So, um, yep, you know, br- yep. brothers can kind of break with each other. So, <laughs> yeah. And, that can be a blessing or it can be in a conversation real quick. And you know how family gatherings are, Ryan. There's two subjects that will cause a big hoo-ha-ha in a family gathering. One is politics and the other one is Jesus. And yep. um, <laughs> and so with you, I think just being tenderhearted, here's the thing about you can use apologetics and everything, but I tell people, People really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you can tell your brother, listen, little brother, I care about you. I love you. I want you to know the truth. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And if you just honestly, with your heart, open up your heart 
you know, to want to know the truth. He'll show it to you. And I want to be able to share with you what Jesus means to me and how he saved me and how he's changed my life. And you can't argue against that. Um, you, you can't debate that. And I think that it will really touch him when you tell him that I care about you. You're my little brother, and I want you to spend eternity with me. And I want you to experience that abundant life. And Jesus is real. And he died for you, and he loves you, and he, he wants to save you. And, you know, he may come back with the full force. But, you know, Ryan, one of the things that I found out when people get real, real defensive is because maybe they're being convicted. And what worries me, Ryan, is when somebody says, well, that's fine for you. You have your beliefs. I have my beliefs. We'll all end up in bliss together. I I don't. You know, I want to get a little bit of a rise or something out of them. some real emotion. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that they're listening or thinking, and he may be just convicted. He may be just convicted, and and so it's just the wisdom. you got to remember that non-believers, that 1 Corinthians says, that Satan has blinded the eyes of those who are non-believers. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, that the natural man doesn't have understanding of the spiritual things. But it sounds like to me that, you know, you got some apologetics background. You know, you like to discuss those things, but you speak the truth in love. And, and always that premise, hey, your brother's going to respond to it. You know, hey, bro, I love you. And I want to share these things with you. And, I, you know, I don't want to argue with you. I want to understand where you're coming from. And it's amazing how the, the conversation will then go a whole lot better. Yep. Yep. And to deepen, deepen the situation, um, he actually was baptized when we were kids, and I withheld and was an atheist for a long time, and I uh, am in the process currently of heading towards seminary. So I'll be starting San Francisco Theological Seminary here in a month. Okay. So right. that's where it all kind of stemmed from to add a little depth to the conversation yeah. and background. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, you know, you're going to go to seminary. He might be thinking, oh, my brother is going to be a big no at all. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I, and, I love uh, that. Yeah. So that's something that I think is going to help. So, Father, I pray for Ryan. I thank you for his call. I pray that you would open up the heart, soften the heart of his brother. And as he has these discussions, that love would be an overwhelming theme. Love from his brother, but most of all, love from you, Lord. That Jesus proved his love, that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that you would soften his heart, take the blindfold away that Satan has put on. And Lord, that you would uh, draw him to yourself just give Ryan wisdom and discernment in how he talks to his brother and the discussions. And I pray for Ryan as he goes to seminary, that more than anything, that he would know you and that he would know the Word. And, Lord, that uh, you would use it just for that and whatever purpose you have, that you would show him uh, during this time. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Ryan, when you go to seminary, study the Word. Get to know the word. There's power in the word. And, um, and you know, praise God. 
we need more men in ministry that are grounded in the Word of God and who stand on the Word of God. And so um, I think it's wonderful. Keep a, us in touch. Let us know how it's going. Will do. Will do. All right, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. You bet. God bless you. Greg has been waiting patiently from Centennial. Greg? Greg, hey, you're on Calvary Vicky, Live. My man. How are you, Greg? Oh, doing great, brother. Hey, listen, I uh, just want to give you some encur- encouragement, man. I'm telling you, uh, when you're on the air, you really exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, brother. I really enjoy listening to you when you take calls, and and you are well, thoroughly, you. thoroughly Holy Spirit-led. And, and uh, I just want you to know that, and uh, keep up the great Thank job. Thank you. It's all by God's grace. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hey, listen, um, in reference to the rapture, what um, when we are taken up in the rapture, when we go meet Christ in the air, will the non-believing world see that? Because it says it happens in a twinkle of an eye. Will they see us meet Jesus in the air? Well, so you ask, will they see the gathering of the saints in the atmosphere, kind of? Um, there's yeah. no indication indication of that. You know, it's interesting that, uh, as you made reference to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that it's not the blink of an eye, it's the twinkling of an eye. Okay. And the twinkling, twinkling of an eye is by the reflection of light off your eye, so in the speed of light, we're going to be gone. So the world's going to be around us, you know, and and we're just instantly we're gone right and so there's no indication that they will see that the only mm. indication that what the unbelievers will see i think is in revelation chapter 6 when um the sixth seal is open up you remember mm-hmm. and all of a sudden right. the sky opens up like a scroll it rolls up and they can see um the lamb sitting on the throne when this cosmic disturbance is going on that's the only indication that I can see and remember right offhand that um, non-believers are going to be able to to see, and they're going to say, "Hide us from the one who sits on the throne," uh, which is amazing to me. You think they would repent oh. right away, and but it just shows the hardness of man's heart. So right. when it comes to the rapture, um, there's no indication of that. We know that Paul says that you will be gathered to him. Will be. Uh, Harpazo in the Greek, uh, rapturous in the Latin uh, language, uh, where we get our English word rapture, taken suddenly to meet the Lord in the air. But, you know, there's only really a few verses talking about, um, you know, we'll be taken. um, Mm -hmm. We'll we'll be, Jesus said, I will come and receive you to myself, that where I am there you will be also. But not that the world, the world will see the Christians go, but It'll be so instant. That's it, and they'll be gone. And um, I do believe that the rapture is going to take place before the tribulation period. Right. I personally, right. I personally believe that the rapture can happen at uh, any time. Right. I um, I agree with you totally. Now, with that being said, when the rapture occurs, is that mm-hmm. will, will that signal the tribulation period immediately following, or will there be a span of time before the tribulation occurs. Well, I think that the tribulation period, Greg, do you know when it starts? 
It's important for believers to understand this. They think it starts when the rapture happens. Uh-huh. But that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us, according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, mm-hmm. that the tribulation, or that is Daniel's 70th week, and I've said this many times to our congregation and even here on the radio, that those last four verses of Daniel chapter 9 are very important to understand for the time frame. Everything needs to fit into that time frame of, um, you know, the 70 weeks of Daniel. We know that 69 weeks or 69 periods of seven years have already passed. There's right. still one more week, seven-year period, when he will make a covenant with many, that starts the tribulation period, or more formally called Daniel's 70th week. So we know it starts with the Antichrist coming on the scene. Right. He makes a covenant. He confirms a covenant, actually, with Israel for one week. And then in the middle of that week is what's called the abomination of desolation. What is interesting, Greg, is that the tribulation period is the most documented period of history in the whole Bible. Okay. Um, there's a lot about Jacob's trouble, tribulation period, Daniel's 70th week. It is described to us in chapters 6 through 19 of the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. When you go to the book of Revelation, chapter 4 I and chapter 5, I believe you see the church in heaven. Uh, we're seeing, singing that new song on, you know, um, there before the throne right. uh, as we... Uh, have that vision. First chapter four is uh, the uh, the the throne of God and the four living creatures and the twenty four elders, but then the great multitude before the throne that singing, "You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain." That speaks of Jesus and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. That's the church, isn't it? Right. It's not the it's not the song of Israel. It's not the song of the angels. It has to be the church. And then in chapter 6, you see that the scene changes to the earth, and then in um, the uh, first seal, there is the one that comes along in verse 2 on a white horse, given power. He sat up on that white horse with a bow, and a crown was given to him. He went out conquering on the conquer. That's the Antichrist. So the tribulation period starts with the rise of the Antichrist. What is interesting, Greg, is that he is conquering on the conquer. He has a bow, but he doesn't have an arrow, which Hmm. means he's conquering by peaceful means initially. Right. So... So is that why they say the first three and a half years is, is in peace, and then the last three and a half he turns his back on the world? Well... There's going to be tribulation in the first three and a half years, and, and part of it is how you interpret chapter 6. There are some, like Dr. John Wolvold, who is an expert, you know, the late Dr. John Wolvold um, in End Time Prophecy. He sees chapter 6 as an overview of the whole um, seven years. Uh, okay. But it, it, if there are some that read the book of Revelation more as the chronological order, in chapter 6, the beginning, by the time you get to the end of the fourth uh, seal being opened up, a quarter of the earth is is already dead. Okay. So isn't that incredible, Greg? That yeah, means it is. It, it's, it's, it's hard it's to believe unbelievable. it's going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's all of South America, all of Central America, 
all of North America and Western Europe gone. That's how many people. So if you look at it chronologically, you know, with the, with the uh, other horses coming on the scene, um, and then you have the bull judgments, of course, the trumpet judgments before that, it's going to be a terrible time. It will be seven years of tribulation. Now, Israel may be experiencing some peace um, in some sort till the Antichrist goes into the rebuilt temple, and then um, he, um, you know, uh, proclaims himself as God, in the temple of God, to be worshipped as God, as Paul writes in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. So it is a terrible time. But you bring up something, Greg, that I just want to say, if you don't mind me uh, just taking a minute to say this, that there may be some of you that are out there listening, if anyone, and you're wondering, well, I'll just, I'll just see if all this happens, then I'll come to Christ. Listen, come to him now. Exactly. In the tribulation period, it's going to be terrible. The Antichrist is going to be uh, persecuting the Christians. In chapter 7, we see that they're, the, you know, chapter 6, we see the martyrs. Chapter 7, we see those who are slain. So it's going to be great tribulation against the Christians, eventually against the Jews. And so, you know, give your heart to the Lord now. And I believe the Lord can come for us at any time. So kind of full circle to answer your question is there's, I believe, going to be a gap between the tribulation period and when the, um, or the rapture of the church and then when the tribulation period starts. We right. don't know how long that's going to be. Probably it's going to happen fairly quickly uh, because Paul writes uh, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 that uh, when that time comes, that he who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. I believe it's talking about the church. And then the lawless one will be revealed. That's when the Antichrist is going to be revealed, when the Lord will consume with the breath his mouth and destroy the brightness of his coming. And the coming lawless one is according to the working of Satan. All of a sudden, can you imagine what this world would be like when all Christians are gone? Darkness is going to spread quickly. Deception and that's going to allow the Antichrist to come on the scene. And I don't think that Christians really understand that we are a hindering force um, oh, from evil exactly just right. taking over. I mean, if it, if it weren't for Christianity on this earth, it would be total mayhem right now. Yeah, and just darkness and evil to take over. So when that happens, when he is taken out of the way, I believe it's speaking of the Holy Spirit that indwells the Church, then... The one who's being restrained is going to be restrained until we're taken out of the way. That's why I believe we're not going to see the Antichrist. Right. And never in the Scriptures are we told to be looking for Antichrist. We are always told to be looking for Jesus Christ. Good point. So, yeah. So I know kind of a long answer to a good question. No, it's an excellent answer. And by the way, the previous caller in reference to uh, going to seminary, if that person's still listening— um, I attended seminary as well, and um, one one thing our president told us during our chapel, our very first chapel we had, he said, don't ever allow your quiet time with God's Word to turn into a textbook. Basically, don't turn the Bible into Amen. a textbook, because <laughs> it can well, happen real Greg, easily. Greg, it is true, and w- what has happened, you know, and as I've talked to pastors, is they end up only— reading the Bible to prepare for a message. Right. And that's, that's a dangerous place to be. 
we need to be having our devotions. We need to be seeking the Lord. For me, it's different. I like to just read through the scriptures and just allow the Lord to speak to me. I need that. Mm -hmm. But I can't just read the Bible for a message I'm preparing. That's not a good place to be. So good advice uh, given to Ryan or to, to anyone else. And I always, I was telling my congregation on Sunday, make sure you read your Bibles. And I know that they hear me say that all the time, but there's no other way to grow and to just be refreshed and renewed in the Lord. Stay close to Him. Read your Bible every day. Yeah. And um, that's an encouragement. So thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you very much, Jeff. Keep up the great work. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. We have a few more minutes. I'm going to go to a text question real quick. And there is one that came in um, that says that I struggle with some things in the flesh. What can I do to help me? And I think that Galatians chapter 6 gives that um, that very good uh, biblical principle and truth that walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. And if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. He goes on to talk about the things of the flesh. Listen, we all can struggle in the flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, is what Jesus said. There's this battle going on between the flesh and the spirit. We want to walk in the spirit, not to fulfill the desires of the flesh. So it's important that we're in the Word of God. And Paul would write, as, as many of you know the verse in Romans chapter 12, that don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God to be renewing your mind with the Word of God. That is such a key to be, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, being washed with the water of the Word, because there's all kinds of things around us, and we need to be focused on Him, abiding in Him, abiding in His Word, abiding in His love, and walking in the Spirit, and then the things of the flesh begin to lose its grip on us. So hopefully that helps. You know, Paul writes about a lot in the book of Philippians, about having the mind of Christ. So keep in the Scriptures, keep in the Word of God. That's why we keep a focus of that at Calvary Chapel, because that's going to help you, and it's going to um, and, and to bless you. Jesus said, the words that I give to you are spirit and truth. I can't think of a more spirit-filled you know, service than to be teaching the Word of God. And so hopefully that's helped. Keep close to the Lord. Uh, keep close to to him, and um, and uh, I know that you'll be blessed. Um, another text question. We just got a few minutes left here in the program. Do you think there's an age of accountability for kids? Um, do you know? Do you think six or eight years old can accept Christ, or are kids saved until a certain age or maturity? I think a child can come to Christ. I know that um, that we've had uh, kids that have a good understanding of the gospel, that have come to Christ. The age of accountability is talked about. We don't know exactly what that age is um, in the Scriptures, but um, there is a time where, um, you know, that accountability is going to come. But I think a child, that's the wonderful thing about the gospel, is that it's easy enough for a child to understand. And we just had a vacation Bible school uh, this summer, and it was so incredible. It was so wonderful. And we had a number of kids 
that made decisions for the Lord. And um, I think, and, and we'll end the program with this because we're going to end here in just a couple minutes. Listen, parents that are out there, make sure your kids are getting the Word of God. Be You're in charge. You're commissioned by God to raise your children in the admonition in the ways of the Lord. Please don't ignore that because they grow up quick. You know, my youngest son just turned 18 yesterday. And and now all my children are adults. And, and Sue and I, we look at that and we think, man, the, the, the days were long, but the years are quick. And, and they grow up so quickly. Get them in the Word of God. Share with them Scripture. Make sure they're going to a church where they're being taught the truth of God's Word. Don't ignore that, please. So, Father, as we end the show, I pray for all of us who are parents and grandparents that we would have desired to 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 raise our children, our grandchildren, in the ways of the Lord, in the Word of God, and, Lord, that we would be ones that we would share with them the gospel and that they would get it into their hearts because we know the world's not going to do that and the world's going to deceive them. So, Lord, I thank you for today's program. I pray that you bless everyone that called and everybody who's listening, that we keep our hearts and our mind on you. In Jesus' name. Hey, thank you, everybody, for being a part of the show. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.